Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. Well, it's an, a message I get all the time on my social media. Should I get back with somebody? They say we had a hard time, but now they seem nice and they're trying again. And so I've got a little advice for you when you're trying to assess whether you should get back with an old relationship, an old love. The first thing I want you to remember is that we do look back on our past relationships with rose-colored glasses. Earlier, I was talking about relationships with a narcissist, and they will use that honeymoon period, that first six months of a relationship, over and over again. They'll say, everything was going great until you did this. Remember how great it was at the beginning? It's because you changed, because you started to do this because they're using that first six months of love bombing as their calling card. So please know that, you know, part of getting rid of a narcissist is understanding that that first six months was grooming and you were being targeted, but you might look at a relationship that you had that was probably a good enough relationship, but what was missing in your life was that you hadn't accomplished some of the things that you needed to have the full sense of self. And now you're looking back going, you know what? Why did I let that one go? Maybe this is the relationship for me. It just wasn't the right time. So here's some ways you can assess. First of all, ask yourself about your motivation. If this person was literally no longer in your life, would you feel grief or relief? Seriously, is it one of these push-pull roller coaster relationships? And if it was gone, 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 would you feel a little sense of relief? That's not a reason to get back together. And also ask yourself how much you truly want to give that relationship a real try again. Because guess what? And this is the second thing. Relationships take resources. They take time. They take energy. They take money. You're paying for dates and trips and doing stuff. They take patience. They take availability, your availability, and they take emotional resilience. Can you give these resources? Are you ready to give up maybe other people, 
or other things that have become a little more satisfying to you. If you want to go back and redirect your energy and your resources back into the relationship, you have to commit to do that. Also, are you ready to be accountable? If you want to get back with that relationship and you're hoping that it'll work, you have to take some responsibility for how it ended or why it ended. All that blaming has to stop. And it has to be replaced by both partners being absolutely willing to talk about their contribution. You can't have a partner step back in and go, you know, even if it's you, oh, it was all my fault. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that to you. You have to go back and go, okay, so this happened and this happened and this happened. And then I felt a little left out and lost. And that's why I had that affair. And I'm sorry, it was my fault. Um, but there were some things wrong in our relationship that made that affair happen. Whatever. You both have to fess up to having had some responsibility in the demise of the relationship. If you're going to continue to see your partner as having been the problem, you're never going to be able to get back together. And also, are you now able to finally acknowledge your partner's positive contributions, your partner as a good person? If you can't see them as a good person, why are you going to get back with them? Right? Now is the time if you do choose to get back with somebody. And I got to say, both people have to be on the same page. This can't be a one person decision, right? You can't just go, oh, I think I'm going to try to get back with them. Uh, you might want to test the waters and ask them how they feel about it first. But you have to also talk about what your new relationship goals are going to be. You know, you can't live forever going, okay, well, we tested it once. It didn't work out. Let's test again. How about, no, let's actually talk about what we want. Do we want to move in together eventually? Do we see ourselves getting married? Do we see ourselves having children? Do we see ourselves, whatever it may be, you have to figure out what your life dream is that's going to fulfill both of you. And you both have to have a voice in that. And finally, oh, this is, what, this is when people hate me when I talk like this. You have to be practical. You know, when you first met that person, it was super romantic, right? Because you're all full of lust and passion. Now you know what they're about and you know what it is. If you're hoping to just get back that lust and that passion from the very beginning, you are going to end up exactly the way you ended up the first time around. I often say that relationships are kind of like a drug. So maybe it was a bad drug. It was good at the beginning. And then you built up a tolerance for it. And then withdrawal was terrible and whatever. It was dysfunctional in some way. And then you go back and you say to yourself, well, I could just try one drink or I could just try one line of cocaine. I could try just one little vape, whatever. I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden you're hooked again right away. And all the same problems you had before are right back at you. This is what happens often when we get back with an ex. We're like, we're sucked back in and back into the same relationship again. So if you want to get back with an ex, you got to replace fantasy and hope with uh, accountability. Sounds boring. Acknowledgement, acceptance. You got to accept them and their flaws. And most of all, you have to be able to make an intellectual commitment to that relationship, not just a, oh, let me just try again. And it was fun. Maybe I can get back those early feelings. No, you got to do a cost benefit analysis and you got to say, I'm all in. 
and I'm going to make the commitment to be all in. And you've got to ask them, you've got to be brave enough to ask them, are you all in? You know, the famous researcher on intelligence also did research on love, Dr. Robert Sternberg. He talked about love having three prongs, lust, emotional intimacy, and intellectual commitment. And he says it all begins with lust. And then hopefully you grow an authentic, deep, emotionally intimate relationship. But at a certain part, point, you see that your partner's not perfect and they get to see that you're not so perfect, but you go forward anyway. You make an intellectual commitment to stay in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to do that? Is your partner ready to do that? You need to have these conversations. You can't just go, oh, let's go out to dinner. Let's have sex with my ex and just see how it goes. Doesn't work that way or it'll go right back to where it was exactly before. Mark my words. It will. Exactly. All right. It is that time of the Dr. Wendy Walsh show. I don't know how many of you are out trick-or-treating. The good news is many of you have been sending me lots of very interesting questions about your relationship lives on social media. So I'll get to those first. But if you would like to call me and ask me anything about any relationship problem, you can change your name. I don't care. Um, You can give us a call right after this break. The number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. Producer Kayla, are you there to screen the calls and say hello to our listeners? I am ready. The phones are unlocked and ready to go. The phones are unlocked. 1-800-520-1534. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay? KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. It is the time of the show where I am taking your calls. And producer Kayla, you say we have some calls coming in. We do. We have Diego with a question. Okay. Hi, Diego. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Dr. Walsh. How are you? Thank Good. Thank you for my call. How can I help you? Well, um, my wife and I have been separated for just a little over five years. I had moved out after my father-in-law threatened my life the second time. The oh, second time, the kids were present, and he actually ran to get a gun after he sucker-punched me with my son in my arms. <gasps> and so I thought it was safe for me to leave the home for my kids because mm-hmm. my wife did not want to leave with me, and I just figured, get me out of the picture, and whatever he's got with me, it doesn't affect our children anymore. And I always kept trying to be a part of their lives, and uh, we had some struggles throughout the time, but in the last... Uh, Three years have been improving, and um, uh, as I've come to learn, my mom was narcissistic, um, and so Mm. she was really butting into the relationship when I moved in with her for some help for about a year, and she passed away. And so this last year, with no third parties and, you know, interfering and stuff like that, um, we've been able to talk a little more intellectually about stuff and talking about, okay, she's got a few steps she's got to take care of first before looking to move in with me and have the kids come with us and everything together. So there's that, but I don't know what other questions to ask her because I don't want a repeat of the past. I really don't. Of course you don't. Okay, so let me ask you this. How old are your kids? Um, We have the oldest is 16, then we have our 10-year-old and also a 6-year-old. They're spread out. And in the last five years, you've been very involved in their lives? 
not as much as I'd like to. Um, for the first two years, it seemed like it was always some kind of argument or something that she'd say I couldn't see them. Then um, after I sought uh, counseling because I, I really thought maybe I'm bipolar or something because my dad was diagnosed with that and uh, discovered, no, I had PTSD from the trauma I faced. And um, I kind of yelled at my, at that point, uh, she was uh, seven years old, uh, four, six years old. I am kind of yelled at her for something small and stupid, uh, my second daughter. I realized, you know what? No, I'm not ready. Unfortunately, I'm still with some stuff to take care of. So I've taken care of that and learned a little bit more so that, that way I can be better in the relationship for my kids' sake first and foremost, too. So I took a little sabbatical where I didn't see them as much for about a year. And then as I went on with counseling, learned I can't be the one um, disciplining them as much because I haven't been in the picture for a bit. So yeah, it's, you don't have, you don't get that right once you relinquish. Okay, so uh, okay, Diego, I want to say this: you have four relationships to rebuild. Yes, I would consider yes. trying to rebuild them all separately because they all will have different needs. And I wouldn't focus on goals like, let's all just be together as a family. Let's move in together. I would start small. Is your father-in-law out of the picture, too? Yeah, he, my wife chooses to live with my in-laws. I, I respect it. Um, they have their medical issues, and she chooses to take care of them. That's why I said I'll be out of the picture. Um, and I have little by little been building my relationship with each one, with my oldest, um, taking her to driving lessons and uh, helping her learn stick shift with my car. Building yeah, relationships all good. going out all um, good. and stuff with the little ones as well. So, you know, I, I, if you're trying to build a relationship with your ex, you're going to have to come to an agreement about keeping that other generation out of your relationship. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, you're doing the right thing because, you know, all that matters now, I people always say, why do you do uh, all, so much relationship advice, Dr. Wendy? I actually don't care a whole lot about the adult relationships. I care about the kids and I care how they're impacted by this. And I think if you focus on having a better relationship with each of your children, and when I say better relationship, I mean, just listen to them. Just ask them what they're feeling. Ask them what they need. Be there for them. Don't impose on them what you think is best for them because you actually don't know them very well right now. Is talk to them about who they are as humans. Get curious. Get to know them like you're meeting a stranger. And be ready to apologize for the times you weren't there for them. If you're hoping to get your ex-wife back, it will be by modeling a, being a good father. I think that's the way to work this one. And stay in therapy. It sounds like it's been really helpful for you, Diego. Thanks so much for calling. I'm sorry you're going through this. Ooh, okay, producer Kayla, who do we have next? We have Manuel with a question. Okay. Hi, Manuel. Hello, doctor. How you doing? Good. What's your question? Thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to your show for the past five years since I got divorced. Uh, During this past five years, I dated a lot. And Mm -hmm. I've been questioning myself whether I truly do have a sex addiction. And if there's a medical diagnosis that really goes that way, I would like to share more details of my dating if you're interested. Well, I I just want to say this. First of all, sex addiction is not listed in the diagnostic, uh, Diagnostic Manual of Mental Disorders, okay? So it's not a diagnosis. However, we do know that sexuality releases neurohormones, not unlike what a drug would do. And so often people crave more and more of that drug until it doesn't work for them anymore. And then they're still craving more of that drug and then their life has become dysfunctional. So my question to you really is, 
what do you want in your relationship life? Are you happy with multiple sexual partners? Is this just the way you express your sexuality? Or do you want something different? I truly am happy with multiple sex partners. I was married for 19 years. Mm -hmm. uh, for the same person that I knew for 25 years. When I first got divorced, I started dating via Tinder, and it was a new experience. So sex mm -hmm. was fun. Now, five years into this dating, uh, women seem to fall in love faster than I am because I'm not really taking the relationship as serious. I want to keep the casual dating. And it is sexually driven. And they so, what? What was the last thing? It is a sexual drive. It is a sexual motivation why I want to have other relationships. Right. So but now I'm at the point where I'm 49 and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to be like this the rest of my life. Is ah. there so now you're thinking about chemically that is making me want to create this thing? Well, I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily focus on biological and chemical. I would focus on mm, this is what you trained yourself for. You know, we can train ourselves for anything. We can train uh, if you look at a sumo wrestler or you look at a marathon runner, their bodies look very different because of how they trained, right? And so if you want to train for monogamy, the only way to, to do that is to abstain or practice monogamy. You can't train for monogamy hoping, hope by having multiple partners and hoping that one of them will just be so great that you will want to forego all the others. One of my colleagues, Dr. Drew Pinsky, coined a term that I just love. He calls you have to develop the muscles of monogamy. And the muscles of monogamy mean being in a relationship, seeing other people and thinking, oh, that'd be nice to be with that person. That, that looks delicious over there. But saying, nah. I don't want to mess up what I have, or I don't want to hurt the person that I'm with because I have so much emotional intimacy with them. So I think, Manuel, that you are at the beginning of change and the beginning of change comes with the questioning. And I would do less judging about like what you are naturally. Uh, you know what? We can adapt to anything as human beings. It's more like, what are your needs emotionally? What are your needs uh, as your body starts to age, having a partner there who can exchange care with you? Think about that as you get older, but you know, you do what's right for you as long as you're honest with everybody else and you make sure that you don't hurt your, their feelings and you practice safe sex and you're honest all the way along. Thank you so much for calling. When we come back, I'll continue to take your calls. My number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's one 800 5201534. You're listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. If you'd like to call me, the number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. But I do not want to neglect you if you're on social media because you've been sending me in so many questions. So let's jump to social media first. All right. Um, I just want to read this one. I normally don't read compliments on air. But this woman named Mia or Maya, I'm not sure which way pronounced, let's go with Mia, um, just wrote me something that really touched my heart. And I even had a little tear in my eye. She said, thank you, Dr. Wendy. Love your radio show and wide variety of topics. 
I'm an MTF, I assume man to female trans woman, and wanted you to know me and my friends appreciate how direct you are. Feel free to mention my name. That's why I mentioned her name. And I'll tell you that that one means more to me than anything because I can only imagine what it would be like um, being trapped in a body, being misassigned uh, by gender at birth. I remember talking to Laverne Cox on her podcast about this and how severely bullied she was. Um, and it just it just breaks my heart. And I'm just so happy that there's a greater understanding now um, of what it is. It, basically, the, the diversity in gender that exists in our species to imagine that we're born into one of two boxes and that's it. And it matches our psychology, our internal anatomy, our external genitalia, our hormonal expression. There's so many pieces that go into that. So Mia, um, thank you for listening. And my heart goes out to you and I'm so happy you seem to be doing well. And thank you for writing me. Okay. Let's get into the questions. Um, this person writes, I was best friends with this guy for two months with one on these, one of these months I liked him and he didn't like me back. Then he liked me and I didn't like him back. And then we both liked each other at the same time. And now we're talking for a month and a half. We dated for two weeks and he lost feelings overnight. Why? Well, this sounds like somebody debuting their romantic life. They're young and they're figuring things out. You may even be in high school as I'm reading this. And my answer is you win some, you lose some. I'm sorry. This is the investigation stage of a relationship. And they do involve these moments. Like you have to be, you have to love yourself enough to get out there in the dating world because no matter what age you are on the lifespan, there are going to be that, that stage of does, do they like me? Do, do I like them enough? And then you get close and then uh, somebody, somebody said, uh, I learned enough. I'm out. Right. And that hurts when you're the one who's been left. And I'll tell you, it's happened to me too. You just get close and you think, oh, this is going to be great. And then phew, gone. Right. Uh, Oh dear. Someone writes and says, I have been together with my husband for 17 years, eight of them married. He behaves so nasty, calls me really bad names. He behaves like a narcissist and I really need the power to leave. Some advice. Yes, you do need the power to leave and the power to leave comes from your own sense of self, your own self-esteem. Start by developing friends outside of this marriage so that you have a social support system or when you finally leave. I don't know if there are kids in this marriage. So, you know, that's a whole separate thing. You have to think about them and being divorced from a narcissist can be just as bad as being living with a, a narcissist. Um, but it's about personal strength. I would definitely reach out to a therapist. I would definitely start to get a stronger sense of self and where your boundaries are, what is right, what is wrong. Clearly you're starting to understand that him being so rude to you and calling you bad names and behaving bad um, is not healthy. Uh, okay. This one, I got to answer this cause it's shocking. To, it's not shocking to me because I get these questions all the time. Uh, but here we go. I have a question. I have a strange situation. I met this guy. We met at a car accident. <laughs> Interesting. A fender bender. Uh, he gave me his number. We started to chat. He's really naughty, but I like it. Well, that's, you know, you could, that's fine. A little slap and tickle all. Okay. Uh, once we just decided to see each other and we had sex in his car uh, we did it. Everything was good. It happens. You know, that's life to a, two consenting adults. No problem. I thought he would stop texting me 
uh, because we did that. But no, he's still here. I like it. He's very sweet. I love that. I'm not from his country, but I've been here a while and I told him that I'm going to stay for a few more years. Oh, I forgot to say, he has a girlfriend, but they don't have a good relationship at the moment. That's called a rationalization. Do you know that? That's what you're doing. You're rationalizing. Okay. I'm not waiting that he will be my boyfriend or something. Yes, you are. Uh, just for sex, but he wrote me that he will be my sex toy for a long period. How should I understand that? Is it possible that after some time he will fall in love with me? No, no, you're his side chick for sex. And you do have hope you will be his girlfriend. You just don't know it. And you shouldn't be involved with him if he has a girlfriend. If he's fooling around on her, he'll be fooling around on you. So if even if he does say, I left her, will you be my girlfriend? He's going to fool around on you. Mm -hmm. Yes, a leopard doesn't change his spots. A tiger doesn't change his stripes, however that goes. Anyway, I'm sorry you're going through this, but listen, like, wake up, smell the coffee. Um, you are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. When we come back, I've got some hacks for how to begin a new relationship in a healthy way. AFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. I'm dancing Dr. Wendy Walsh right now because producer Kayla always picks the best music. Thank you. I love this one. <laughs> I do too. All right. When you begin a new relationship, did you know it all goes down in the first 60 seconds? Well, what I mean by this is, you know, we do a kind of unconscious handshake when we first meet somebody that says, hey, Will you treat me like my abusive mother? Cool. You'll treat me like my abandoning daddy? Great. It's on. You're hot. You're hot too. What music do you like? Oh, fun. And then you go on re-traumatizing yourself. What I mean by this is our model for love is formed before we are verbal. We have, in fact, those memories, things that happened, abuse or neglect if they existed, more security happened and we couldn't store them as narrative. We couldn't store them as memories. So they get stored in the bones, feelings that get stored in our bones. And then we meet somebody and they tweak something in us that's a little bit familiar. And we're like, oh, I feel like the love of my life. But we're actually not picking happiness. We're often picking familiar suffering. If in fact we did have attachment injuries. And so People who are trying to heal and choose good partners need to do two things. They need to choose differently and walk away early when they see those red flags that this person is going to take them right back into the tunnel of pain. And they also need to react differently because this is a new, unique person. And part of what goes on after this unconscious handshake is a little bit of projective identification. What that means is you project onto this person that they will behave in the way that might cause you pain. And so as a result, you look for the bad. You look to make, or you accuse them of things they haven't done. So you create the drama. But at the beginning of a relationship, I want you to imagine that it's a whole new slate and how you behave at the beginning 
is setting up a relationship system for the future. Everything you do at the beginning stages is about getting it right this time. It's also a time for you to assess and go, no, I'm moving on. Not, no, I'm going to fight with this person forever. No, I'm going to be in love with hope that they will change. No, I'm going to like play it out and see what happens. That's somebody who has an insecure attachment style. Somebody with a secure attachment style, when they see somebody letting them down early on, they go, "Mm, that's a bad match. Moving on. They don't get caught up in it. So how can you show up as your best self at the beginning of a relationship to both assess and also present yourself without painful baggage? Well, let's start at the beginning. When they text you, text them back. Don't play games. Just be real and authentic. Hey, nice to hear from you. It was nice, nice meeting you, whatever. As you start to get together to see each other, and by the way, if they start getting you into uh, texting purgatory and they never actually ask to get together, the person with the secure attachment style says, hey, are we going to get together or, you know, we're just going to text forever. They'll just ask. And that puts the person on alert. Like here's a real authentic person who has needs and boundaries and is expressing them really early. So let's say you start getting together in the real world. Take turns making plans. Don't put so much pressure on this relationship with, you know, these these ideas with these old fashioned courtship, courtship, courtship. Now, I have said, and I will say it over and over and over, at the most basic biological level, sperm chases egg, not the reverse. So at the very beginning, and we also love something that we have to work for a little bit. So at the very beginning, it's absolutely okay to, uh, for women to not be texting. Do you want to go here? Do you want to do this? Because people don't like people that are too easy, no matter who they are. But you can be honest. It, if they made a plan, then the next time you get together, say, hey, I'm going to this thing. Do you want to come? And watch that give and take. Tell them you like them. I know. I'm blowing all that fake news from those dating coaches on TikTok. Tell them you like them. This is different from love bombing somebody, that romantic idealism. You are so perfect. I've been waiting my whole life for you. You're so fabulous. Oh my God. No, forget it. Not that. Just like, hey, I kind of like you, right? Let them know. Always assume that they like you back. If they're there, they like you. Calm your own anxiety. Now, if they're doing things that clearly show they don't like you back, like for instance, not wanting to get together in the real world, or just saying things like, hey, you want to hang out sometime, but not showing a lot of energy to really see you, then the person with the secure attachment style moves away. They don't sit in constant anxiety going, do they like me? Do they not? Do they like? No, they don't. They don't like you enough. They've got enough other people to choose from in the mating marketplace. Take your love and point it in another direction. That's how you will find love. But at the beginning, if they're doing all those things, don't create drama. Assume they like you back. Relax. Take a deep breath. Be honest and authentic from the beginning, and you will build an honest and authentic relationship. Now, because I get this question a thousand times over, I I can't tell if they're into me. I can't tell if they're into me. Here's how to tell that they're not into you. They don't show an interest or curiosity in your life. They're just talking about themselves and going places and doing things. And they're not, they don't want to meet your friends. They don't want to 
get to know who you are, what your career aspirations are, whatever, anything you're interested in, your hobbies. If they don't show interest, they're not into you and you shouldn't be chasing them down. If they have a different agenda for the relationship with you, and so often in this current mating marketplace, I will hear women say, well, you know, he wants to keep it light. He doesn't want to publicly have this relationship. He wants a situationship. You know, he practices conscious non-monogamy. If that's not good for you, then say no, because they're not into you enough. If they don't ever seek your opinion, if they ignore the impact of their actions on you, if they don't respond to requests to change their behavior, if they're emotionally avoidant, they might minimize, dismiss, ignore your feelings, then they're not into you. They're not right for you. You need to move along. That's part of the game. I want you to show up happy with self-esteem, assuming the best in somebody and presenting the best you. That's how you start off a new relationship. I cannot believe, Producer Kayla, that three hours has gone by like that. It Are we really at by. the end? It flew by today. Where did it go? I have no idea. You killed it, oh. Dr. Wendy. Oh, my goodness. It's always a pleasure to be here. I love my KFI listeners so much. Um, I am here every Sunday from 4 to 7 p.m. on KFI. If you have questions during the week, you can post them on my social media and private messages. That's fine. Or you can call into the show. Um, I'm also everywhere on social media producing videos every single day. TikTok is just blowing up. It's so bizarre. Um, and I want you to know that I want you to have the best love life ever, whatever that is for you. I don't judge. You do you, but do it in, a, in an authentic way. And the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life is your relationship with yourself. Forgive yourself. Remind yourself how great you are at some things and get on with life because you deserve love. Thanks so much for being with me here on KFI AM 640. You've been listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Up next, our Mo Kelly. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.